0: welcome to collective cafe to go this is the podcast version of the collective cafe now the collective cafe happens every single weekday monday through friday from 8 to 9 a.m eastern standard time in alpha collectives discord server discord.gg forward slash alpha collective it is free it always will be free there are no strings there is no and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come on stage, comment in our back chat. You can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage almost like an open mic on thursday we do live book reads and discussions and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot With virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web 3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption so give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is the collective cafe to go well good morning good morning good morning everyone welcome welcome hope you are well on a tuesday may 2nd lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of stuff going on let's uh let's start off uh, let's start off with a few uh quick updates. Um the first thing is um you know I really am um just super super um intrigued right now about um about where we are with respect to um the role this whole AI role. Um and you know like I don't want this to turn I, I was talking to someone who is um, considering uh, buying into uh, Alpha Collective and and I was explaining to them that, look, in 2024, uh, the season, season two, right, because quick update is we launch May 10th, we actually open our doors and, and begin executing on the roadmap. I mean, we already are executing on the roadmap, Discord is open, we have our first event um we're doing collective cafe every morning but in terms of the alpha talk speakers um and the monthly masterminds that will that will start just after labor day um and and it makes sense because there's uh good morning bruce there's a lot of um work that has to be done now to you know start to deal with member relationships um hiring people for uh, our Discord for community management and rolling out the token gating, etc. So um, officially, you know, come rain or shine, um, Alpha Collective um, will, will be 100% operational uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, but of course, you know, we've now announced and our event next week in New York City um, is happening uh, I'll give you a few updates because things are things are moving nice and quickly. Um, first of all, um, we have uh, a keynote from uh, Kusro Khalid, uh, who is um, he heads up uh, uh, um, digital transformation, customer loyalty, and next gen innovation at Deloitte, um, <coughs> and then. We have a panel, which will be Sandy Carter, the COO of Unstoppable Domains. Uh, Shira Lazar, who I think many of you know, um, What's Trending. She's also launching um, her uh, JOMO um, collection on uh, next Wednesday, Joy of Missing Out, and uh, focused a lot on mental health. And so she's going to be on the panel. Uh, Adia Billy, who heads up Web3 and Metaverse at AB Inbev and Greg Vadino, who used to work with me at Crayon, ex-digitas, one of the smartest, most strategic people um, I know. A couple of other things. Brucey, this uh, absolutely applies to you. Uh, Any members that are in attendance, uh, um, we're taking you out to dinner. So full members that are at the event next week will be uh, coming to dinner with our speakers. Um, And so we're already starting to roll out some of these uh, membership perks um and so that's exciting. Um and uh and and a lot more. Um a lot more will start to now manifest itself and roll out. You know one of the things that's that's kind of so crazy is and I'll just be honest with you. Like you know you take someone like um like you, Brucey. Um you know you believed in me. You believed in Alpha Collective. You bought a pass probably about a year ago. Um and I was. Everyone has lost so much money in NFT. In in, in in the NFT space, um, mainly with NFTs that have just basically gone to zero or communities that have petered out. Um, for me, uh, I've just applied the Vince Lombardi approach, which is never lost a single game. I just ran out of time. Well, I haven't run out of time and I've stayed patient and, perse- and persevered. And, uh, you know, I was determined in a way part of my motivation was you and everyone that bought passes early, which is to say, guess what? You haven't even... You haven't even um, had day one of your pass yet, not even day one. You're still going to get 365 days of value, plus hopefully any value that has been achieved through access to me, through the Collective Cafe, through just even the association, and hopefully that will be enough. Um, You know, I can tell you that once we are off the ground and, you know, I'm able to be in a position, I will reach out to all OG members and offer them the opportunity to, to, to if they choose to, to uh, get their money back. Um, so as soon as I have the funds, you know, to do it, especially, you know, once we're off and running, I will make good on that original promise. So I'm going to make good on all my promises, um, come, you know, by hook or by crook. Um, I do, I'm determined to make sure that this is the best investment and I say investment not in a financial sense but an investment in community in thought leadership in yourself um, you know in connections in networking um, in terms of you know uh, the alternatives of joining masterminds or or workshops or subscription services etc. so wanted to give you that update <clears throat> in terms of where we are uh, with with Alpha Collective and next week. Things are moving um, thick and and fast. Um, what's really really uh, going to be the biggest challenge is bums in seats and getting the word out. Um, and uh, <laughs> Bruce, you you're such a good guy. He said, "Why would we want our money back? Not me." Well, you know the the thing is, you make a promise, you still got to honour that promise. Um, and and my, you know, as I even said, thank you for saying that. As I said even yesterday, you know, the goal here. In this space, or maybe I said it last week, is to, you know, first of all, to, you know, to focus, I don't want to say focus on the floor, um, but focus on so much value in the community with limited supply and with increasing demand that the floor does, you know, uh, increase naturally because it is an indication of value. You know, anybody that tells you the floor is not an indication of value is, is a liar or a fool or both. It's not true. The floor is absolutely 1,000% a direct representation of value. So goal number one is, is recognize that. And then goal number two is to have people say, I don't care what the floor is, I'm never selling. I'm just never selling because the value that I get is, is so much greater than. And that's why we discussed the whole idea of buy two if you can. Buy one to keep forever forever. And buy one to flip. I can tell you now with certainty, with certainty, right? Um, And this is all based on the assumption, um, not the assumption on on the fact that Alpha Collective continues for who knows how long. But anyone that has a first customer pass will have their fee. I don't know if I've told you this, Bruce, will have their fee frozen in perpetuity. That means it will never, ever cost more than $2,500 to renew. Forever, forever. So even if the price uh, because of the floor becomes 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, etc, your price to renew will always be 2,500. And there are only 20 left. There are only 20 left, um, and the person I was talking to um, is considering buying three today, um, sp- simply for that reason, right? whether it's the three by three or whatever the case may be. So it's time to actually kind of like now, you know, start to move forward and start to execute and leave all the uncertainty behind us. I'm just unbelievably bullish and excited because, you know, we're only limited by our imagination and, and constrained by our ability or inability to innovate, to try things, to be prepared to fail, to pivot Um, etc, etc. So I I do believe that the best is yet to come. And, you know, and I was saying to this person, um, I was saying to them, you know, part of me is very, um, you know, is relieved that we didn't launch a year ago, simply because we would have spent all that time talking about SBF and FTX and the bear market and crypto winter and all the negativity associated with the space. But part of me also thinks, and this is actually kind of a negative and a positive, is can you imagine if we had launched in, in, you know, in full, in earnest a year ago? Can you imagine where we would be today? We'd be in the process of renewing for year two right now. Can you imagine how much we would have learned? How many connections we would have made? Um, how we would have how we would have been able to um, you know execute and make the right decisions? Um, can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's unbelievable. So in a way, the inactivity and the inability to execute a year ago proves my point, which is this is Groundhog Day. This in the metaverse. This is what happens. Our inactivity, our inability, you know, to push the damn button, as Fanzo would say, you know, means we're now a year behind. But guess what? So is everyone else. No one is ahead. But we will be a year ahead. And I can promise you that there will still be people on the fence a year from now. It's just going to happen. Bruce says, um, uh, I just purchased uh, a domain name, dnt.com. Dntalk.com because I want to start a podcast and you're going to help me get started. Damn straight. I mean, part of the access to Alpha Collective is access to me that I'm not available anymore um, than you know, other than my approach, which I've shared with you, which is through POAPs, you know, through NFTs, um, and through my coin. You know, I I will give my time abundantly in and through Alpha Collective. Um and, and what I wanted to say was, you know, I I have about eight or nine newsletter articles now lined up already because I've been able to just really play around with um <clears throat> with uh Chat in particular. And um you know, I already, already, you know, just the ability to summarize myself. So I wrote <clears throat> well, you know, I collaborated on Thriving in the NFT ecosystem lessons from the World Series of Poker. So it was yesterday's conversation, which I've already put into an article. This whole idea that means surviving does not mean thriving. Just to say, hey, we're still around and we're still going doesn't mean that you're healthy. It just means that that you have a stay of execution. So, um, you know, the other thing is I was, um, um, hang on one second. <clears throat> I was um listening to um a podcast yesterday and uh Dunbar's number came up and you know I've been fascinated on Dunbar's number this is the law of 150 that basically says you know in a nutshell uh after 150 just things start to suck initially I mean, I mean, not initially. Things start inevitably in terms of relationships and connections, etc. And um, and so, basically, what I did was um, just through two prompts, I've created two uh, points of view or positions based on my own argument, um, which is Dunbar's number with respect to community, um, specifically. You know, how do you create intimacy? community intimacy, when you have a collection of 10,000. And then the second part was kind of, our brands basically doomed? Because, because if Dunbar's number is true, how on earth will they ever establish community and or this kind of intimacy when they're dealing with Super Bowl ads and, and their numbers and their quarterly earnings are so big? Uh, and what I asked ChatGPT to do is, was argue both sides or you know help help make the case for my to to prove and to refute my hypothesis. The reason I mention all of this, you know, Bruce in particular, is think about what's happening here. Think about the fact that I show up every day in the collective cafe. And essentially every day I've got one, two, three, four, five different pieces of thought leadership if I choose to execute them, just based on the conversation. So your podcast, if done right, will give you, you know, Instagram sound bites and stories and 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 video clips and audio clips and transcripts and key quotes and takeaways. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And you can choose whether you want to do your podcast in front of a live, you know, studio audience. You know, by doing it on Twitter Spaces or or Clubhouse, record it. Um, and then, um, hell, you could do it in Discord too, you know, with a roadcast to record it, like I'm doing right now, um, and then have people comment if you choose to make it kind of listener-driven, et cetera. And there are two schools of thought there, right? One is you don't; um, people can just listen in and not, you know, interact while the recording is taking place, and then you stop the recording, and then you just bring people into you know, have a bit of a conversation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, alternatively, uh, you can have audience interaction throughout, like I do on my show, uh, or you can actually just record the audience interaction afterwards, keep it going, and either, you know, put that out as a bonus or just as an extended cut. So lots of content uh, combinations, right? Content combinations and uh and permutations that analogy um that I've discussed before with the you know catching a big fish and then being able to turn it into 10,000 different forms of sushi uh and sashimi etc for days weeks you know to come and feeding many many people from one fish um the one fish is represents content and it represents content in its purest form which is when I say it's purest form in its most uh, versatile form, which is video. Why? Because you can get audio from video and you can get text from audio from video and, and you can create images from text from audio from video. So when you start off with sight, sound and motion, um, then you have the ability to slice and dice. And, and, and the only point I would give you there is just be wary of the fact that, you know, what many people are doing now is they're creating audio products, but with video. Right. So it's still an audio product, um, but the video is actually not, um, you know, in many respects, you know, like the analogy doesn't work. I can't say audio is the fish. Um, Maybe or maybe, uh, you know, maybe the video is the external (laughs) face of the fish. Right. What the fish looks like swimming around in the ocean and the audio is the actual, you know, meat of the fish. It's a bit of a, you know, kind of gross analogy. Um, but but the point that I'm trying to make here, and it's an important one, is if you're creating, you know, in video form, um, but it's an audio product, then you can't like be showing stuff, and and then people that are listening going, well, I can't see that, right? So even in many respects, um, every time, you know, if you're listening online to this right now, and you're hearing me interact with people in the room. The reason I do that also is because the people in the room are the main. I mean, this is this is the main form of execution. The audio is at the moment the companion or the bonus footage, but the idea is you're listening and going, "Oh, I'd like to, I'd like to be a part of that. I'd like to uh, be referenced to. I'd like to interact with him." Um, and so, in a way, I'm being mindful of that. I'm also uh, saying when when something is posted, like a like an important link, um, I'm saying, d- be please be sure uh, to go to, you know, the cafe chat. So in a way, there's there there are uh, intentional calls to action uh, that are happening. And the final point I want to make, and then we'll get into some of the consensus notes, um, are that um, when I was talking to this person who was looking to buy into Alpha Collective, AI um, was explaining to them that the way it's going to work is there are 20 passes left, um, on um on that are available to buy through ETH and then we'll pause the contract until ETH becomes twenty five hundred dollars or I mean may the main revenue is going to come from fiat. Um, and that's how we'll execute. We may change that eventually as as sales start to pick up. Um you know what I'm what I was hoping for was a dynamic pricing model that would always change the ETH price to match twenty five hundred dollars. I I believe it's possible it's just the developer I was working with wasn't able uh, to make it happen. Um, and and as I was explaining to them, you know, season two could be the business of dot, dot, dot AI. So in year one, we're the business of Web3. But every year, we, we're going to change and evolve based on what the members want and what the members ask for. And... So we're going to move to wherever the puck is heading, not where the puck is. You don't get competitive advantage and first move advantage by being an also ran or a me too. You get there by being ahead of everyone. So, you know, at the moment, I mean, at the moment, the puck is in AI. The puck has forgotten Web3. So I'm more than happy uh, to focus on the original vision. But the point being that we will continue to change and evolve um, and always focus on the business of dot, dot, dot. Now, it could mean that there's a spin-off too. It could mean that there are two um, with success, right? There's the business of AI and the business of Web3, and eventually the business of, you know, whatever the case may be, the business of um, Web3 could also split into NFTs, into community, into metaverse, into crypto, right, into DAOs, um, and so just a little bit of, of about how it might change and evolve, but um, for now, um, let's uh, get into uh, the original um, intention, which is to talk about um, to talk about consensus, and um, I'm going to go to my um, and, and these are like you know it's so funny like I take my notes. I'll, I'll even publish these notes and share them with you uh, as a PDF Um, so you can actually see how I take notes and my doodles and everything like that. I can't do it the second. Um, Actually, I probably could. Um, If one of you comes onto stage and joins me at some point, uh, I will be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. But let me see if I can do this. Uh, Notebook 4, I'm going to just rename it. I really do like my, my, um, my scribe. Um, it It seems a little it seems a little um like uh like backwards, like we were doing these like little iPad type of things five years ago, but sometimes you know what what's old is new again, and what i've really liked for me personally um, is just the ability to um you know have a central source um, so um let's start off at the beginning. So, first of all, there was a main stage conversation uh, about, uh, I'd never heard the concept before, but de-dollarization, right? I don't know if you've heard of that before, de-dollarization. So, you know, I th- I think it's it's very interesting to see what's happening because there is a, a crypto conversation um, that you need to really understand. There were one or two sessions, um, and I wanted to... Actually attend them, but I'm going to see if I can go and watch them online now after the fact. That that kind of spoke about use cases and the importance of crypto and the role that crypto plays. I think you, I think you're aware. Um, I think you're aware of um, uh, the the fact that that there are, you know, certainly financial conversations about crypto, and and you've heard. I mean, if you've watched the. Um, uh, or listen to the Alexandra Damska interview on my show she really talks about like understanding what crypto really is you know crypto is essentially the currency that is used to build on the blockchain that's what it's for right eth is used to build on ethereum right sol is used to build on solana they're not necessarily meant to be currencies that are traded and day traded and profits and losses etc that is not what the use is but on this, at the same time, you know, if you actually, you know, go into, you know, and understand, you know, the and and read the white paper with respect to Satoshi and 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 some of the original vision, there is a vision about decentralized, unbundled, um, you know, uh, currency that is not controlled by or manipulated by um, a central bank or reserve or the government, so. There is this constant flow. I mean, um, what's his name? Uh, you know, I'm not not Praxim, but Praxim uh, shared. Um, I think I think he goes by like Digital Root or, or something like that. This was the. It's called um, here. It is. It's called the Rational Root. Uh, let me let me share that with you. I'm going to share with you a few different things. It's like a uh, definitely a walk and chew gum uh, type of episode. Um but this is the the halving of bitcoin the the whole analogy you you definitely want to follow um this person who the, who goes by uh the rational route so the pinned post on his uh Twitter is called the monetary black hole and i'm not sure exactly what's happening in it, but I think it's maybe like the collapse of currency perhaps because. Uh, because you will also see um, the the halving of Bitcoin the, this this uh, this unbelievable plot that actually shows you if I mean it almost seems like I don't want to say too good to be true, but it almost seems unbelievable, nonbelievable that you know the next Bitcoin just keeps going around in this coil and the coil gets bigger or spiral and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you know we've passed the high, we've passed the low. The next major event is the halving of Bitcoin, which we know is coming. And after that, we get to the next high. And according to this, the next high will be anywhere between 100,000 and a million. So like, you know, please God, right, from your mouth to God's ears. But that's what's happening. Unless this thing completely changes, and it could, it could absolutely change because of regulation, because of governmental, you know, interference, um, you know, because of a whole bunch of external things, but the way that it's heading and trending is that you know there's a it goes from point point oh oh one to point oh one to point one to one to ten to hundred to thousand to ten thousand to you know hundred thousand to a million to, to the next one would be ten million and it's like wait a second what the hell's going on you know First Republic Bank has now been essentially from what I understand bailed out by uh, you know Jamie Dimon and, and J P Morgan Chase. Right. So, like, you know, where do you want to put your money? So, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, definitely worth reading up on this concept of de dollarization. Now, uh, this was Sam Ewan from CoinDesk, and he kind of uh, created his opening remarks. Um, And he spoke about, um, he said, there are three provocations which I want you to continue to keep in the front of your mind, top of mind. Throughout this process, throughout this conference, one is um, how relationships with consumers, community, and fans are changing. Two is the redefining of value through innovation. And three is why ownership changes everything. So these were his filters or lenses to think about Web3, to think about all of this, you know, even business of Web3. Now, I mean, certainly, certainly, the relationship with consumers, communities, and fans—that applies to big brands, it applies to governments. I mean, it applies to anyone that has customers, or followers, or fans, or community, or whatever. Right. Um, number two, redefining value through innovation. Again, that 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 brings in um, starting, you know, an NFT collection. Uh, it brings in everything from Alpha Collective, but it also again brings in brands right which is which is how do you you know when you are in a market of price and 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 price is your arbiter and your sole differentiator, then you are a commodity right and but but the perception of price based on quality based on value based on utility. Uh, based on intangibles is essentially uh, value, and value is subjective. Uh, two people, you know, someone could pay twenty five hundred dollars for membership pass uh, to Alpha Collective and feel like they got the greatest deal of their life. Um, they could get hired. They could actually end up with a two hundred fifty thousand dollar job based on paying twenty five hundred dollars to become part of a community and network, etc. And somebody else could could. Basically, buy it, never use it, and think it was the, the greatest ripoff ever. Probably not that extreme, but there are going to be some people that go, it was great, I got probably my money's worth, I'm happy. And another person could be like, this changed my life. Um, and then the third is why ownership changes everything. And you know, for me, um, I just think this is the core, right? Shared values, shared ownership, shared rewards. Um, this is the essence of community capitalism. It is the essence of how everything is changing that, uh, you know, from the few comes the many, how to use existing customers to gain new ones. We is greater than me. Um, This is why, this is community. Um, This absolutely is the essence of everything. Um, Then there was, I guess, uh, I don't know if this was still uh, him. Uh, He is uh, Sam Ewan. Um, He also uh, showed some beautiful slides, um, which if there's time, I'll put into the cafe chat too, Um, let me, let me find one of them for you. Um, I try to capture it all and, and I, I want to see if I can actually get a copy of, of his, uh, presentation, but let me, let me just share with you a few because, you know, to me, uh, half my camera roll is basically William Shatner, um, and, and deservedly so I might add. Um, so I'm just going to share a few of them with you because I think it's like so important Let's see Discord and Cafe Chat. There we go. So have a look at the at what I just posted in the Cafe Chat, and you know, and and, and what he was actually doing was referring to. He did this whole kind of retrospective with respect to um, uh, Taco Bell. Taco Bell releasing their NFT. Uh, the the Nf 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 Taco Bell, right? The NFT was the T of Taco, so NF Taco Bell, NFT Taco Bell, <laughs> haha, right? But in in these examples, he actually showed. So, so what you can see is you can see like the minus, you know, the minus, um, th- minus or plus. He's actually showing you when, like, Beeples, um, you know, Beeples. I don't know what it was, fifty million sale came out three days. After Taco Bell, right? Um, um kitties was three and a half years before Taco Bell. Um I guess Crypto Punks, uh I guess that's Crypto Punks at the bottom was 3.7 years before. Is that even possible? Board Ape only came out a month afterwards. Can you can you like so the perspective of being able to think about where we were, right? So so think about think about Alpha Collective right launching you know event May 10th 2023 kicking off September right but we got to go all the way back to I guess it's 2021 right 2021 it's insane to think about you know to think about Board Ape Yacht Club um and and what would have happened had we taken action then um, et cetera, et cetera. So I really loved, you know, the perspective. When we say we're too late, we're too early, whatever, whatever. Can you imagine being the brand manager, you know, on this stupid, you know, execution called NF Taco Bell and probably, you know, some people. There were also, by the way, he spoke about how some of these NFTs fetched. Uh, he had, I think, one of them, he said, that maybe he got like $40,000 for um, because it's just like, it was like, whoa, wait a second, something's, something's happening here there's there's an expression of value uh etc that is you know something you know there there's something is different here so just wanted to share that um with you by the way i saw a comment in the cafe chat and uh, Bez said um uh he said i think it makes sense to have launched and build when everyone is wrecked so many people are looking for places to hang out in web3 and, and and look you can do that here i mean you can just hang out and network and everything and find your next business opportunity, um, but but it, it's not so much about you know, I mean yeah, a lot of people were wrecked, but it's also recognizing that the next wave of growth is beginning. So you know we go through ebbs and flows, we go through peaks and and valleys and troughs etc., and the phoenix rises from the ashes. And now I think we're recognizing. Um, that this is the next wave of growth about to start. So, you know, obviously, like I was just saying, look, I I bought two cool cats and, you know, and I I bought a doodle um, and I would never have been able to afford it otherwise. Um, Some people, most people do not have the liquidity. I barely have any to be able to to buy into projects like this. I just had to sell and move things around. Um, But can you imagine you were starting today? So remember, and we discussed this, I think, yesterday, some people might be starting today and have a lot of liquidity and be like, whoa, wait a second, everything's on sale. Other people, you know, are now like, I wish I'd waited or "Or I'm just going to have to kind of be a lot more shrewd. Um, and then he said, uh, but it's good to launch now and the next best day to launch is tomorrow. Um, and uh, Bez said, who is the speaker you will launch with after Labor Day? That is a good question. I don't know the answer, my friend. I do not know the answer. Uh, but um, I don't know. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. All right. So then there was someone from, uh, I think, maybe OpenSea um, on the panel. Um, but, but, you know, I thought this was a good point, right, which is we're moving from, right, a fast track to easy margin to this concept of deep engagement with superfans, which tied back to a web too. So there was a lot of um, conversation, you know, about, again, value. Uh, but also this, you know, this connection back to Web2. And then I had a note that said proof of stake from Chipotle. They did some ad at the time um, that they introduced, uh, I think they introduced, um, it it was um, uh, an NFT that, or a a meal that you can only buy with or through an NFT, and they called it proof of stake, S-T-E-A-K, um, and they were just acknowledging that they're like, yeah, we understand what's going on. We understand what halving is. We understand what side chains are. You know, we understand uh, what's going on. it was a little kind of hat tip and insider information, small and esoteric, uh, to a growing influential uh, community. Um, and then there was an interesting argument, I think. I think it was from the OpenSea person. Um, that actually spoke about he said, beware the sterilization of language um, and 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 really what he was talking about um, <clears throat> was this idea of uh, is it, a really good continuous um, tension, right Web three versus web two is one argument, but the other one is this idea of oh no, we are not about digi- we're not about nFTs anymore. these are now digital collectibles. This is not about Poaps anymore. This is now about digital, you know, ticket stubs whatever. Um I heard this conversation echoed again on the panel with doodles and and anomaly and um you know and 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 well, no actually it was a different panel but um the actual the founder of Poap um, Isabel was on it. And and even she said we're not like even like she she didn't say we're not calling it Poaps anymore. Um, you know, companies called Poob, but but the feeling is, in order to mainstream and grow this, we can't <clears throat> we can't be we've got to move away from all the techie and esoteric speak. Um, and the counter argument is, let's why, why would we dumb this down? Why would we dumb this down for the masses that are not even ready? You know, I mean, if you think about, I, I personally am on that. Uh, I'm I share that argument. It's an NFT. Call it NFTs. Um, And by the way, um, Roy, is his name Roy Jones? He spoke at the White House uh, correspondence dinner. Uh, Let's see, White House correspondence. He's from The Daily Show. Uh, Roy Wood, Roy Wood Jr. I said Roy Jones Jr., who, of course, is a boxer, uh, Roy Wood Jr., um, and <clears throat> he said, uh, he was talking about, I mean, like, like I didn't even know about this, but he was talking about how this billionaire um, has bought, bought, allegedly, right, uh, Clarence Thomas. Bought him a house, bought his mother a house, and how basically it's like, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, it was like meant to be comedy, but it was pretty damn serious. Like this whole allegation of, you know that uh, billionaires are so bored they can buy anything. Like you can even buy a Supreme Court judge. And, and right at the end he said, um, "So you know you can you can you can see, you know you can see it. You can see the judge. You can see Clarence Thomas sitting on the bench, uh, but you don't own him. Um, only a billionaire does." He said, "And that, my friends, is an NFT." And I was like, "Well, wait a second. You know, like where did that come from?" You know, so it's, it's, he's like, basically, you know, in, in a roundabout way, um, saying not a roundabout way, but I mean, it's the whole argument, which is yes, it's a right, you can right click and download the JPEG, you can look at it, you can copy it, you can print it, but you don't own it. Um, and I was like, okay, that was beyond esoteric. Um, but it's an NFT. He didn't say in that my friends is a digital collectible. What the hell is a digital collectible? Um, So, beware the dumbing down and beware the sterilization of language, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, Then I got a note here that says we need to see more, more of real utility. Um, um, So, you know, if you're able to uh, also uh, exceed your KPIs, you'll get more budget in 2024. This is on the panel with Pepsi and a few others. Uh, One thing, to see less of is launching on limited execution budget. So this was just someone being asked, like, hey, what would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? So more real utility, less launching on limited execution budgets. Um, it's a tough one. You know, I mean, I'm launching Alpha Collective on a, uh, not so much a limited execution budget, but ultimately I'm using the the traditional model of how NFTs went to market which is using the funds that come in from membership dues uh to fund the actual um uh to fund the actual <clears throat> project and 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 look the thing is it's not like it's starting on zero right we've got a functioning discord we've got um existing nfts we've got smart contracts we've got token gating we've got the collective cafe we've got our our alpha talk speakers lined up we have an event so it's not like there's, you know, it's like day zero and zero funds available. Uh, the difference, of course, you know, going back to Alpha Collective, is the pricing model, which is significant, which is a one-year membership. So the renewal of that membership um, is more revenue, and the revenue will continue to pay for salaries and pay for investment and infrastructure, architecture, uh, operations, um, et cetera, et cetera. There will be some people that say... This was great. Time to move on. There will be some people saying this was crap. It's time to move on. There'll be some people going, "Hell, I'm hell no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sticking around for as long as I possibly can." Um, and then there'll be new people coming in saying, "I'd like a, you know, I'm new to Web3. I'd like a crack at this um as well." Um so um uh uh, Sh- uh Shiva Ar- Rajaraman Uh, said this idea of success drives policy, um, which I thought was a great quote, um, and success drives policy. Uh, uh, Kate from uh, Brody from Pepsi um, said, uh, important to bring in legal early. And, you know, trust me on this one, this is like no different to digital, and it is no different to social media, and it is no different to working with startups. I've been through... This is groundhog day all over again. This is it's true, but it's not a big idea. It just proves um how you know that that the market is just in this kind of me too stasis, right? Of course you should bring in legal early, right? Because legal are gonna slow everything down and trip everything up and 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 you know and attempt to understand the square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And eventually say, you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. Try something else, as opposed to, you know, be able to smash the hole and make it into a square. Um, So to me, this is nothing new. Um, Then there was um, just a conversation about membership and rewards. You know, it's a big trend. um, And this comment, which is blockchain is a giant CRM. I like that quote, right? It's true. Blockchain is a giant CRM. Uh Shiva then said um he said this interesting thing. He said opt into value. The whole concept of NFTs is to opt into value in a permissionless way. And you know, obviously that's a very um it's it's a very uh tricky concept because we're not talking about permission from a permission marketing, a Seth Godin, you know, customer centric way. Um Uh, Two points. Like, I'll come back to that in a second. What he's referring to is in this decentralized ecosystem, um, you know, he said this is basically a return. The context behind this is this is basically a return to, you know, Linux and to the world of open source, that things are not being held held hostage or held behind walled gardens and gates. And this is more from a development standpoint, I guess, and a building standpoint that we have these protocols and we have the ability to build without having to, you know, be tripped up by uh, legacy fees and, and you know, gatekeepers, centralized gatekeepers, et cetera. So I think that's what he meant. I didn't get to ask him the question, but this concept of a permissionless, um, you know, kind of building but of course, from a permission standpoint, in many respects, I would argue that, you know, when you buy an NFT, you are opting in. And when you sell that NFT, you are opting out. And so it is, it's not like, it's not permissionless. It's actually what I would call seamless permission. So that's a different concept, seamless permission, right? It's, it's, it's the most um, efficient permission ever. Right, because because the only way we've been able to really execute on permission before was this idea of opt in and double opt in, and most of the time, you know, people didn't even realize what they were opting into, or they didn't have a choice; they kind of had to opt in. And sometimes, like the opt in button was was you know like people were tricked because it was already pressed, and they had to actually essentially opt out. Um, but I would say when you buy an NFT, you are opting in implicitly. Um, and when you sell that NFT, you are opting out explicitly. So that's how I would say it. It's an implicit opt in and an explicit opt out, and it is this uh, seamless, transparent permission on the consumer side, and then perhaps on the on the producer side, on the building side, this idea of permissionless. And I think that's a really great, um, you know, juxtaposition or or um, you know or framework. Uh, to think about um there was another quote which said in the future fans will demand more uh, from uh creators that they support and uh also heard the word uh virch which is virtual merch I don't know if you've heard that before virch virtual merch um i completely um agree um and i um and then I have like another note here that says custodial autonomy, uh, true consumer protection. I don't even know what I meant by that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this point is beyond, beyond critical. It's one of the most critical points in this whole, you know, discussion. This idea of demanding more from the people you support because it's not just creators you support, it's brands you support as well. And I've said this well over a year ago. Maybe even two years ago that it is in in fact I said this the very day the very day that um, now I've got to think of it wasn't blur it was help me out people um, it was an airdrop that happened um, right in opposition to open sea it was another let me see uh, airdrop uh, Open Sea competitor. Why can't I remember what it was called? Um, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't Blur. Um, but it was a giant airdrop, and and everyone started getting uh, made quite a bit of money. Was it called uh, uh, Looks Rare? I think it was Looks Rare. Looks Rare. Uh, what was their What was their token called? Um, it was called. Was it called Looks? Maybe it wasn't Looks Rare. I don't feel like it was Looks. Um, It was something else. I've got to figure out what it is. Oh, it's driving me crazy. Um, But it was the first time that we had seen, um, you know, a competitor obviously attempting to get on the radar and and take on what was at the time a monopoly um, by dropping, um, you know, and giving people... It was based on gas, so you know, based on open sea, open sea gas. You would be able to determine um, how much. Maybe it was looks. I could be wrong, Um, but based on how much money you had spent on gas on open sea, you would get um, essentially free money. Now, this was significant. And I thought it was like a seminal moment in our space because what it basically did was it said uh it is not good enough just to do what you say you were gonna do. It's not good enough to make a promise and keep and keep the promise um that's insane that's an insane concept. Everything about business, everything about business says that you know you gotta deliver on your promises I mean." maybe under promise and over deliver which is a different version of it but for the most part like if you're in the if you're you know Pampers or if you're um like I don't know Crest or like what's your like your job is not to like bring you know lower decay tooth decay you know in African like I mean it could be it could be if that's your mission if that's your purpose if you you know if you've built your whole brand around around that it could be a campaign for sure but at the but for the most part at its core value people are buying toothpaste because of brand loyalty because of you know their grandmother used it because it cleans their teeth because it's cheap because i mean all the reasons why you buy a product or even a service but now what's coming out is so yes we had a layer of purpose we had a layer of a I, or there's a layer of service, I mean, of customer service. I, I've discussed all of these things before, right? I've discussed that, you know, if the four P's are commoditized, product, price, place, promotion, how do you determine when to buy product A versus product B? And I've discussed how, you know, like in a way, you know, you have airlines saying we, we are the most on time, meaning, you know, we all suck, but we suck the least, right? We're the most on time. We're all late, but we're late the least. Or the example I always talk about was singular wireless before it was acquired by AT&T. They said the network with the fewest dropped calls, meaning, you know, we suck the least. That's that's how differentiation occurred, you know, but that still was a product or a service-based differentiation. So we evolved from this idea of, you know, thinking about differentiating on the basis of the four P's we evolved from essentially what is a commodity, which is price, to maybe the perception of quality and value. Um, and then we've had different iterations now, which is differentiating based on purpose, um, you know, the why, having a why, You know, thinking about uh, a Patagonia, for example, why we support one company versus another, um, because they share our values, because they're making the world a better place, Tom's shoes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we've also had the conversation, I've certainly gone through this this continuum with respect to customer service or customer experience. And it is probably the most connected to customer experience when we get into this phenomenon that that of expecting more and 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 airdrops. But before I do that,'ll I'll mention one more, which is we are potentially now operating, um, and moving into this concept of differentiating based on community, you know, that we will choose to buy f- brands or from brands because because not just based on the four Ps or value or even customer service or experience uh, or even purpose, but based on the sense of being part of something bigger, community, community. Um, and, and then when we go back to the custom experience component or the customer-centric component, there is this idea that says, um, and, and very much, I've, I have written about this in Flip the Funnel. I just saw someone on LinkedIn this morning said to someone, have you read Flip the Funnel by Joseph Jaffe? I'm like, it's amazing. 13 years later, that still gets a mention. Um, but this idea that, that we've never figured out how to build tenure T-E-N-U-R-E, into the model, into the business model, into the whole, you know, flipped funnel or ecosystem. Meaning, the longer you've been a customer, the better we should treat you. The more money you've spent, the better we should treat you. The more people you've told, the better we should treat you. It's really quite simple. You will recall, for those of you that have been here every day, the whole conversation about, you know, 20-year anniversary of having season tickets at the Yankees, you get to sit in the dugout, that idea, that's tenure. That actually says, you know, you've been here longer than most people, we're going to treat you differently. It's different to the existing model, the executive platinum model or the concierge key model with American Airlines. That actually says we will treat you better based on how much money you've spent with us, not how long you've been with us. I have been executive platinum since 2006. There have been good years and bad years. I I may lose my status this year for the first time, like really lose it, because I haven't even made uh, an international flight. Um, I don't think I've done one. I still might. Might make it. But, but I mean, hell, for 17 years, for the most part, I have held executive platinum status. You know, why wouldn't they say, if you hold executive platinum for 20 years, you get executive platinum for life? That seems like an easy one. Why not say something else? I don't know what that something else would be. But we've never rewarded tenure. And the concept now of an airdrop, which I think is going to be the next marketing you know the next marketing revolution because it's again permission you know you you've opted in through an nft the ability to get the surprise and delight in the form of an airdrop whether it's tokens i mean everything's a token a poem is a token an nft is a token and a coin or currency is a token so the ability to get back i mean we have cash back right as a operational or transactional means or mechanism in retail, in particular, or credit card spending today. So why do we not have the equivalent of of cash back in the form of loyalty? So these are all my thoughts that definitely come through. And this was basically, for the most part, really just the opening address from Sam Ewan and the first panel. I still have one uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages of notes. I guess I'll continue to share my notes with you. Uh, maybe on a Tuesday, maybe every Tuesday. Um, you know, because tomorrow is Wellness Wednesday, and I will try and create a wellness topic. But I hope uh, you enjoyed the conversation. I hope this was valuable to you. The POAP, which should be operational right now, uh, the code is CONSENSUS um, because we're talking about consensus and I believe it is consensus lowercase, um, lowercase C. But uh, try both. Try the lowercase C first and then follow that up with an uppercase, but I'm pretty sure it's lowercase. Uh, Brucie, thank you for your loyalty and your tenure. Um, Christopher and Bez, remember, there are, and anyone else that's listening, There are 20 left of these first customer ETH passes, um, and then we will transition back to fiat for a while at $2,500. Would love you guys to be a part of this and uh, continue, but I think you both know um, that uh, you are now grandfathered in at a minimum to our Collective Cafe, and no matter what happens to the Collective Cafe, you will always have this, membership uh, advantage, this little extra perk because of your loyalty uh, and because of the fact that you've showed up on almost a daily basis. Um, so a little bit of surprise and delight. Have an amazing day. Um, Bruce, I'm going to send you an email with the, in case you feel like popping in uh, to New York City. Um, But I think it's going to be amazing actually taking out all our full members that show up. I don't even know how many will show up, but the ones that do are coming out to dinner. Um, Depending on who shows up, it may actually be at Shake Shack, but but I'm still taking you out to dinner. Um, Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.